Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Everyone has a story, different needs, wants, and goals, and how to attain them. Your story determines your solution. Whatever your situation and story, locum tenens should be part of the conversation. How do you find out if locums is a good option for you? Go to an unbiased, informative source like locumstory.com. You'll learn all the ins and outs of locums, details on travel and housing, assignment coordination, tax information, and more. You'll also hear firsthand stories from locums physicians from all walks of life, so you get a bigger picture of the diverse options. Get a comprehensive view of locums and decide if it's right for you at locumstory.com. And welcome back to Grand Rounds. This is your host, Dr. Tammy. And today I am very pleased to have Dr. Andrew Wilner. You may know him from his own podcast, The Art of Medicine. He's also an author, um, The Locum Life, A Physician's Guide to Locum Tenens, and also an internist, neurologist, and epileptologist. Hi, Dr. Wilner. It's nice to have you on the show. Tammy, it's an honor. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always grateful to have another podcast host just so I can learn a few valuable tips from you while we're doing our podcast together. Well, this is going to be fun. It's my favorite topic. It's not too technical, but it's very valuable locum tenens. Absolutely. Well, I thought I would really like the focus of the show to be on leveraging locums to find the perfect job. But I thought we could kind of start out with some of the basics, um, you know, such as why someone may end up in locums in the first place or some of the benefits, some of the pitfalls, and then we can move into really the topic of the show. Just from researching, I haven't done locums myself, but it seems like there's a couple different reasons why someone may end up in this space. Um, sure. So just to get started, locum tenens is really, people ask me, locum tenens, you often get a blank stare. And I said, it's like being a substitute teacher. <laughs> the regular person isn't there, right? The teacher's out sick. She went on vacation. She's having a baby. And some new person shows up and just says, okay, the teacher said you're on lesson number nine. So today we're going to do lesson. You just pick up where the other person left off. You fill the spot. And that's, that's how locum tenens translate. Locums is a place like locale and tenens is like tenacity tenacious is holding on. So you're a placeholder. That's your job. You don't want to be there permanently, usually. Although sometimes a locum tenens job, and this is one of the reasons to do it, is sort of a test phase. It's like, hey, I'm going to go work locums there. You know, and if I really love it, maybe they'll hire me permanently. Sometimes they call it locums to perm. Sometimes that's a pathway. Now, sometimes, for example, in one case, I worked locums. They had already hired someone for September 1, but it was March. The September 1 person was still doing their fellowship and had to get licensed and move, so they weren't available, but I was. So I filled the spot until September 1 when the new guy came, and then I left. So I was literally a placeholder. So in my book, I divide 
sort of who is, why someone might want to do locums to answer your question into three categories. So the first set of people is the newly graduated physician. So you've just graduated and it's like, okay, I'm going to start my career. But maybe you have a significant other who's a year behind. And that's often the case where, you know, you're completing your fellowship and your girlfriend is completing her residency or vice versa. And you both want to move to your final, your ultimate jobs together. So in the meantime, somebody's got a year to kill so you can do locums. So there you go. You can travel, you can do it locally and wait until both of you are together and then go off to your respective permanent careers. The other possibility at that phase is to test the waters. You know, I've always wanted to work in California. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Guam, there's a lot of opportunities, but I'm not sure I want to sign a contract for three years, you know, or two years, or that's where I'm going to, you know, live my life. So locums is a great way to test out geography and also practice style. You know, now there are so many options for physicians. You can still be an independent person and hang up your shingle, although fewer and fewer physicians choose that route. You can be an employee with a big organization like Kaiser, for example. You can join a small practice group. You can go the academic route. And maybe you just don't know. So locums is a way without making an emotional or financial commitment to try things out. So that's kind of group one. Then the next group is the mid-career physician. You've been in practice 10, 15, 20 years. Everything is great, but you need more money. Kids need braces. You bought a bigger house. You want a boat. One Tesla wasn't enough. All of a sudden, even though everything is perfect and you have a great income, you need a little bit more. So locums is a way to make some extra cash in your, quote, if you have any, free time or your vacation time. It's also a way to explore if you're unhappy 15, 20 years in, that maybe there's something else out there that's a little different or a little better. So without burning any bridges, you can go work for a couple of weeks during your vacation, you know, in the other side of the country or in a different organization, probably not locally because, you know, you may have some restriction, a restrictive covenant in your contract. Got to check that out you can explore other options. And it's also a bridge to another career. You may have decided that what you really want to do and what you've always wanted to do, you know, all of your life, you know, is be a blues musician. You've got a CD coming out and you're working on weekends and recording, but you really don't know if it's going to fly. So locums is a way to stay active as a physician to keep some income coming in while you test out kind of this new second career. And if it, you know, if it bombs, well, then you can kind of slide back into medicine because in medicine, once you stop for two years or even one, it can be impossible to get hospital privileges because you need recommendations of someone who've seen you work within the last two years. And if you haven't worked within the last two years, can't get the recommendation, hospital will not approve you. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's the rule. And I've gotten caught in that myself because I took a fair amount of time off and it was very hard to get back in. 
And reentry programs take months. They're expensive, tens of thousands of dollars. So it's a way of exploring other fields without slamming the door, which keeping your options open is very important. Then the last category is sort of the pre-retirement phase. Maybe you're 65, maybe you're 70. You don't want to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week anymore, but you don't want to play golf all day. So locums is a way of kind of phasing into a retirement. Say, well, you know, I want to spend the winter in Florida, but, you know, the nice weather I want to spend in Virginia with my grandkids. You can. And you maintain your identity as a physician, which is a big deal when you retire, and you have some extra income, which nobody ever has trouble spending extra income. Worst case, you leave it to your grandkids. So pre-retirement, there are many physicians who are senior physicians who are older, who I think are very well suited to locums in most cases because they've sort of seen it all. And it's not that hard to like that substitute teacher to pick up the ball, you know, where somebody else left off. It does require some flexibility. You know, some physicians who've had their own practice for 40 years may not adapt all that well to a new setting where, you know, everybody doesn't jump when they speak. So you have to keep that in mind. But if you're willing to be flexible, locums can be terrific for the pre-retirement. And it can go on forever. Your pre-retirement phase can last, you know, 10, 15 years as, as long as you want it to. That's fantastic. Would you mind if we delve just briefly into the financial side of locums? Sure. So that's, well, obviously people, you know, physicians work because that is, you know, in their heart, but physicians also work because they have to make a living. And you have, when you look at a job, you have to look very, very carefully at what goes under the broad term of compensation. When you read stuff about locums, you may hear, oh, locums doctors get paid a lot more than a traditionally employed physician. And that may or may not be true. So let's talk about locums. When you work as a locums physician, where when I've worked as a locum physician, typically I will get paid per hour. So it's an eight-hour day. You get a fixed rate per hour. Then often there's a fixed rate, usually a little bit more, if you have to come back to the hospital that night. And then there's usually a hundred or a couple hundred bucks for being available all night long on the pager. And that's what you get. You will also get a place to live for free. You'll also get transportation to and from wherever that is, assuming you're working with an agency. Those are the standard. You'll get a rental car. You'll get a plane flight to and from, and you'll get a place to live. Could be a hotel room, could be a, an apartment, depending on how long you're going to stay. Usually it's a hotel room unless it's longer than, say, six months or, you know, it's hard to get an apartment for three months. I've lived in, you know, hotels for a long, long time, picked up a lot of miles, you know, hotel, you know, points and stuff like that. So you get an hourly rate, overtime, carry the pager, free rental car, free transportation. So let's talk about what you don't get. You don't get a food allowance, typically. Some hospitals, they still give away food in the doctor's lounge, so you can 
mooch off wherever you are. So your food budget should be relatively small. You don't get vacation time. Now, in an employed position, you do get vacation time and you get paid. So you have to factor that in. So let's say four weeks of vacation time. You know, what's that worth? That's, you know, four, because when I did locums and I went on vacation, there's not a penny coming in. Right. Everything just stops. So you're not paid for vacation. You don't get health insurance. Now, where I work now, I'm employed right now, and we'll get to that why I'm employed right now as opposed to locums. My employer picks up three quarters of my health insurance, and my health insurance is about $2,000 a month for me, my wife, and my child. So I pay $500 a month. Now, if I was working locums as I did before, I had my own insurance and I paid $2,000 dollars a month. So that's $24,000 a year. So minus the $500 a month, that's additional really revenue that's not counted in that hourly rate. Disability insurance, my employer provides that a match. It's kind of meager, but there is a few percentage points of match that I get to my salary that boosts the salary up. When you talk about match, are you talking about retirement, like 401k match? Yes, exactly. 401k. So I put money in and they also match it. I think it's 4%. You know, that's 4% that I wouldn't otherwise get. Now, as a locums physician, we'll just say you can also have a 401k. And in fact, you have the right to put even more money in than you can as an employee, which is a cool thing about locums. You can talk to your CPA about that. But it's your money. It's not matched money. It's your money. So important difference. So if your employer, for example, is offering you $200,000 a year as your salary, and the locums company is offering you $200,000 for the same sort of amount of work that year, well, then your employer is being a whole lot more generous because you're getting all of those other benefits. The main benefit you get with locums, so you really want to be making about 250 to compare to a 200 for it to equal out, right? You got about $20,000 of health insurance and all these other things and the match. So you have to balance it that way. But I think the key for locums and for most people that do locums, including me, the real value is not so much the dollar value is flexibility. It's the ability to go to work or not work you know, when you want to, you don't have to worry about call schedules and vacation time and your colleagues dropping out and covering for other people and all of the things. You know, I make the schedule for my division. So it's always a big project and trying to balance everybody's, you know, needs and wants. And it's a hassle. But when you're locums, they say, okay, we want you from September to January. This is your schedule. That's what you do. And then you're done. And you have a big smile on your face. Says, Thank you. You're done. There's no expectation that you're going to hang around, that you're going to quote. This is to help hate this expression. My partners would always ask me when I was in private practice, well, can you quote help out, unquote, which meant staying till seven or eight or nine o'clock at night because whoever was on hospital duty had gotten, you know, bombarded with new consults. And it's like, well, help out? Well, how can I not help out, right? 
I'm a potential partner. I guess I don't have any choice. Okay, I'll help out. Well, you don't have to do that at locums. You just do your job and you leave. So that's the beauty. I used to work six months a year. And the other six months, I traveled to Southeast Asia and I'd scuba dive. And I'm a writer also. If you Google me or go to you know Amazon Books, you'll see my other books. You need time for that. So I made, made time for that. Nobody cared. <laughs> that I, I even cut my landline. That was a big deal in those days. I used to have a landline. It's like, well, you know, I'm not here six months a year. Why should I pay for a landline? It's like, oh, but then nobody will find me. But highly motivated people would find me. The other True. Ones, I, guess, I didn't really care about. So I don't think I missed any calls, to tell you the truth. And this is a little bit off topic or a strange topic, I guess. But the WHO recently declared that the pandemic is officially over. Do you think that's going to have any effect on more or less locums positions? I can kind of justify both arguments in my head. <laughs> People are going to want to travel more, but maybe the yeah, positions aren't going to be available. You're absolutely right. You know, the pandemic was definitely a special circumstance. And in fact, I ended up working locums during the pandemic at the local VA. And I had applied there to work locums over a year before, but they had trouble processing the application, one of those government things. But when there was the healthcare emergency, somehow they were able to sort of move the applications along and my application actually got approved. So I worked some locums. And of course, it was a huge need, particularly for intensive care unit, for physical pulmonologists and you know, ICU docs to help out as well as primary care. So there was a huge need. On the other hand, a lot of locum doctors, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't really want to get an airplane with a mask, you know, commute once a week. And so I think a lot of would-be locums doctors decided that was really not uh, prudent. So now that the quote emergency is over, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people getting COVID but we just relaxed, for example, the mask at all times everywhere in my hospital. We used to have to wear a mask in the hallways, everywhere you wore a mask. Now you don't have to. I don't really know if that was a great decision or not, but somebody decided that that's practical. So I think things will kind of go back to the way they were. Either way, there's still a huge demand for locum tenens physicians, employers, Typically, hospitals and big clinics are having a lot of trouble with what they call physician retention. A lot of people unhappy, burnout, they want to go. You know, most people have to work, but all of a sudden, locums now. In fact, one administrator said to me, Oh, I hate locums. These doctors think they can just come and go and make a lot of money. And it was like, You know, are you listening to what you're saying? It's like, well, you know, if you offered the doctors an more appealing employed position, then they wouldn't be so keen on leaving for locums, you know, and the locums is more of a kind of fair market value system. There is some negotiation. If you work with a staffing agency, which is the usual scenario, a staffing agent, you contact them or they contact you. You know, we want you to go to Minnesota. We want you to do neurology. That's what I do for three months or six months. And this is your hourly rate. You can say, well, I want another $20 an hour. And they'll go back to the employer who may say no, or they may say, yes, there's a certain amount of play in the system. You know, if you're too picky, they're going to take somebody else, right? There's a lot of, it's all these positions are competitive. So in terms of getting a position, 
it's nice to work with one or two agencies where you have an agent who knows what you want. Hey, oh, Dr. Wilner, he said he's available January 1 to June 1. He wants to work in a more or less academic setting. If there's a resident students, even better, I'm going to look for something that sort of fits his profile. Because often by the time the these things are announced, you get an email, it's already filled. So it's good to have someone helping you. The other path to locums, and I've done that too, is simply to have a direct relationship. You know, the doc, the clinic across the street, you know, there's a, a young woman who's going to have a baby. She's going to be out for three months. They're going to need somebody to cover. You know, you can approach them and say, hey, you guys thought about coverage for the next three months? They don't want, you know, overhead doesn't change, right? So clinics and hospitals want somebody working to help cover the overhead, even if you're not quite as good maybe as the one that was there, you know, a warm body who does the work. That's, that's a good thing. Let's move on into the topic of the podcast. Maybe talk a little bit about leveraging locums to find the perfect job. And I can see that either from a new graduate perspective or from the middle career, I'm burned out and I just need a change of venue. So maybe we can explore both of those. But I think you said you had a story of your own related to that. Sure. I've got a story. So I think locums is good as kind of a backup plan, depending on where you are in life. So when I was going to Southeast Asia, I was single and I was really focused on my writing. Well, uh, a, a souvenir of my trips to Southeast Asia was my fiance who became my <laughs> wife. And we decided to have a baby. And at that time, I was flying off for a week, doing locums, flying back for a week, and flying off for a week, coming back week on, week off. And it was great. But I thought, you know, if we have a baby, I think that's going to be awkward. It would be nice to be around more. I wonder if that's possible. So I started looking around for what I call a permanent locums position, right? Because, you know, when you get a contract, in the old days, you would get a five-year contract. Now, you know, big institutions like Cleveland Clinic give you a one-year contract. So basically, permanent positions are now locums positions. And uh, so, you know, I think it's really even hard to distinguish them, except depending on your compensation package and the implication that it's permanent. But when you look at the contracts, you've had a guest on your show, right? And uh, Joe, right, who will talk to you about contracts. It's really important to look at that contract and see, you know, they can let you go in 90 days. To me, that's a that's a locums contract. Uh, anyway, I decided, wouldn't it be great to have a, a permanent position? And I had gotten used to this week on thing, week off, which allowed me to focus 100% on my clinical work, which I you know feel compelled to do as good a job as I can with as minimum distractions. And I still have my uh, writing career and family obligations, so I could sort of focus more on that on my off week. So I started looking for those positions and they they do exist, for particularly for hospitalist and neurohospitalist kind of setting. So I looked and I interviewed over two years at four places. Each place was a pretty good match, but it was like, yeah, it's pretty good, but yeah, it was it didn't excite me. The in one place, the compensation was good. The work hours were good, but it was non-academic. We don't want you to do any academics. You're just wasting your time. See as many patients as possible. Well, that kind of goes against the grain. I always like to publish abstracts. I like to read. I like to do a little more than 
the minimum than just basic care. That's just my personality. So I knew that wasn't going to work. Then I found this great private practice. They were on the ocean, which is where I wanted to be. It wasn't too busy. The compensation was great. I had to do some consults at the little hospital across the street that were all incredibly boring. You know, it was all metabolic encephalopathy, kind of helping the internists do what they sh should have known to do. In the office, I'd be by myself all day, treating patients with chronic disease and not making any pro progress and no teaching. <laughs> it's like, well, this isn't going to work. My point is that during these two years, I was working locum tenants. And if I hadn't had locum tenants to fall back on, I would have taken one of these four jobs because they were good enough, but not really what I wanted. But since I had something that was even better, that gave me flexibility, a very good income, you know, the ability to come and go as I please, it's like, well, I'm not going to tie myself down for something that isn't what I really, really want. It's also my personality and why I got married very late in life. Kind of picky. Anyway, so then I found this job almost by accident that was every other week, which is what I wanted, primarily neurohospitalist work, but I didn't have to travel because it was every other week at the same place. So when you travel, one of the things about locums, although they will pay your travel and I think this is, frankly, a limitation to the whole locums concept. Your travel time is not paid. Mm. I would take a day to fly from Phoenix to Minneapolis, and then a week later fly back. That was all on my own time. Now, the ticket was paid at the airport two hours ahead of time, return the rental car, fly, wait, plane delayed, you know, eat crummy food, get there tired. That was my day off. So, you know, I would bring my laptop and I would work to the best of my ability on plane and try and, you know, capitalize on those lost hours. But now with this new job, I had the ability to work every other week and not travel. So I'm picking up like three days a month, you know, where I'm not in the airplane, just stop and I don't have to go anywhere. I said, well, this is really, really good. And it was an academic job, an associate professor. There aren't too many of those every other week. The hospital I liked, it had residents, it had indigent patients, which is kind of where I tend to gravitate, county hospitals. So the next thing you know, I said, well, I had a two-year contract. It's an extended locums position. Let's see how it worked out. And indeed, we did have a baby. So it's five, five years into this locums job now, and it's working pretty well. I'm getting close to that pre-retirement phase. So we'll see if this locums job uh, continues to work out or if I need to go to more traditional locums jobs, you know. But I think that's the whole point is you want to use locums to your benefit. And I think if you want to be chief of medicine at Mass General, locums is not the way to go, right? You need to get into that academic ladder and publish papers and make your connections and move up. And working here in Hawaii or Guam or Alaska, the things I talked about might be fun, but they are not going to help you if academic achievement and titles are, you know, your most important goal. So anybody who falls into that category, I would just forget about locums, get yourself plugged in, you know, and do that job. But everybody else, which is a lot of people, Use locums when it works for you. Like I said, newly graduated, mid-career, pre-retirement, or having a baby, 
And uh, I found that locums really, really, I never really approached it, you know, intentionally. It was just like, gee, okay, I need time off. How can I do it? I still need to survive. I'll work locums. Since then, I've learned a whole lot about it. I've counseled quite a few people, locums. And of course, I put a lot of my experiences as well as the experiences of many other locums physicians in my book, A Locum Life. Things like locums would give you the opportunity to learn different systems, see different geography, even see different patient populations. Yes. It seems like it gives you so many options there. An example, when I worked in Minnesota, it has the largest Somali population outside of Somalia. So I saw a lot of sort of third world disease, you know, from recent immigrants. Interesting. There's locums on Indian reservations. You know, there's locums in different parts of the country for different populations. Now, a warning is you are right. There are different systems. You know, hospitals have the kind of their own cultures. But the other, I don't want to, let's call it a challenge, is the EMR. That's true. About a half a dozen different EMRs. And you can't show up on day one and work, you know, just do that substitute teacher thing if you've never used that EMR. So if you are going to go to a place, you ask your agent, I got to talk to somebody, which EMR are they using? And if you don't know it, you insist that your first two days of work are training on EMR so that you, otherwise you can't find, I've written about this. It happened to me where I couldn't admit patients to the hospital because I didn't know how to put their medicines in and prescribe them. And their medicines just, I was in the ER and the medicine, the patients just kept coming and coming and coming and I couldn't admit them. Oh, how frustrating. It was, it was pretty rough. So the EMR is still a challenge. Luckily, Cerner and the other big ones are similar. You know, they're each pretty quirky and non-intuitive. I wish Apple would make an EMR. Life would be better, I think, for everybody. That's true. What about physicians who are maybe trying to explore different career options? Thinking about the family medicine doc who maybe had a broad scope practice and now they want to become a hospitalist or a surgeon who no longer wants the general practice of surgery and they want to become a wound care doc. Do you think locums kind of helps those doctors too in trying to figure out maybe where the next stage of their career may land? Well, there's nothing like doing it to find out if it works. And if you can find a position, now say you want to do wound care you know, and you haven't done it, it's going to be tough to find a locums job because they want people who can jump in. But, you know, if you do the training and you're trained and, you know, you're sort of work with a wound care company and that's really, you know, you take it seriously and do the homework, you can probably get that, get that going. For family doc, probably not as hard, you know, if you want to try urgent care versus a private practice versus a clinic, a Kaiser type, you know, clinic. I think family, family medicine is very, lends itself to locums, particularly because a lot of locums is rural. You know, they need generalists, you know, and you can even work ER as a family doctor. You don't have to be ER board certified, you know, depending on the ER. You know, if you're downtown uh, New York City, you probably need to be board certified. But if you're, you know, in Utah, you know, in the boondocks, they, they'll take whoever they can get. So it's a great way to explore with a commitment without buying a house. You know, they're going to pay your transportation, pay where you live. You know, you're making money while you're learning. You know, you have to approach these experiences as a warning also is, you know, some locums positions are available because, like I said, somebody just retired or someone's on maternity leave. 
but some are available because the particular clinic or hospital can't succeed in recruitment for a permanent person. And they're kind of limping along. And the reason they can't succeed in a permanent recruitment is because they're not well run and nobody wants to go there and they're a mess. So when you arrive as a locums doctor, you're going to find that burnt out employees, systems that don't work well and things that are getting lost and no place to park and the food's terrible. So you have to, I always approach a new locums position (laughs) expecting the worst. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to get home till midnight. Everybody's going to be mean to me. And of course, it always turned out much, much better. So I was happy. It's sometimes these positions are temporary for a reason, but you have your own goals. You want some extra cash. You want the experience. You know, you have to be kind of willing to put up with that stuff and you should, you should expect it and, you know, and be prepared. And always, if you can talk to a physician who has done locums there, if you're working with an agency, say, hey, can I, has anyone else done locums here? And often these are kind of revolving locums positions. See if you can talk specifically with someone who has been at that location. You know, Dr. Doctor, they'll give you the lowdown. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, if someone would like to get hold of your book, where would they go to find that? Oh, so best place is my website, andrewwilner.com. If you click on the book, there's a, you can buy it as a discount, you know, if you follow the, follow the icons there, or you can just go to Amazon and buy it there. The Locum Life, a physician's guide to locum tenants. I'll mention it's also available as an audiobook. Uh, even better for the commute to work. <laughs> I, I narrated it myself. The audiobook's done really well. I checked today. In fact, it sold 198 copies of the audiobook. Nice. So that was kind of made my warm my heart that some people are are benefiting, you know, from the information there. On my website also there's a little icon you can click if you want to leave me a voicemail and I'm very happy to talk to anybody for 15 minutes about locums to answer specific questions for free. I did that last week. Talked to a woman actually for about 45 minutes who was trying to figure out how locums could fit into her family situation moving to a new town, have, didn't have children yet, but they're thinking about it. Husband had a new job and how could locums work in for her? You know, what did she need to do? And it was fun because I made a lot of mistakes along the way because, you know, I didn't know what to ask and nobody told me, you know, if I can save a physician some uh, sort of time being kind of lost, well, there's some value in discovering things yourself. Some challenges are just best skipped. You know, if somebody could tell you how to skip them, you know, you don't have to live through them. I'm happy to do that because I think locums is an important tool for physicians to to use when they need it. And right now is a great time because there's a lot of jobs. There's really a lot of jobs, which I think speaks to the problems that we have in healthcare, which is a different podcast. But because of those problems, the locums opportunities for physicians are many. I know there are a lot of questions just about the nuts and bolts. You know, how do you find the CPA who's the right person to help you, you know, with the financial aspect, the 1099, the quarterly filing, those kinds of things. Maybe a retirement specialist to make sure you don't get behind on, you know, contributions so you can retire when you're done with either a traditional or a non-traditional career. So I know there are so many questions just about how do you get started and how do you find these people to help you? 
I should mention that mm-hmm. on my podcast, The Art of Medicine with Dr. Andrew Wilner, I've had guests like that. I've had CPAs who work with people with locums, financial advisors. The podcast covers, well, the art of medicine, so it's pretty broad, but I do, it is littered, not accidentally, with a lot of guests who uh, speak about locum. So there's some information there as well. That's wonderful. And I assume you can find that, you know, on the Apple or the Spotify podcasts or on YouTube. If you want to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube, the art of medicine, or it's on all the uh, podcast uh, streaming uh, platforms. Fantastic. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. You're such a wealth of information, and I appreciate all of your knowledge in this area. So thanks for sharing that with the guests. Timmy, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I hope you'll all join me again next week for Grand Rounds. Are you curious about locum tenens and how it might fit into your career? At locumstory.com, you can hear firsthand stories about the different reasons physicians choose locums and how it works for them. Visit locumstory.com to learn more.